Hey, this is Matt from Hereview Hotel Podcast checking in. This is episode 40. We're hanging out with Brendan Walsh, um, stand-up comedian, uh, creator of Bone Zone Podcast. Do you know who Jason Siegel is? And the World Record Podcast, which you can find on Patreon. Um, he's hilarious. He's toured with Doug Stanhope, Drew Carey. Could talk about the guy for hours. I do talk about the guy for hours to all of my friends because his show, his shows are incredible feats of improvisational um, character acting, uh, surrealist humor, um, prank calls, and his newer podcast, uh, as I mentioned, World Record Podcast. Some really great video editing in there like psychedelic video editing stuff that he's that he's doing now so um as i said i'm i'm super lucky to have had a chance to talk to this dude i was a little nervous because i'm a big fan so uh here's brandon when did the whole uh frank come thing like, how did that all pop up? Like, I don't, I remember you guys talking about that on Bone Zone. Yeah. Um, it came, there was, it was, we, me and Randy and Johnny were going somewhere. I guess we had a meet. I think we probably, had, I think it's, we, we had like pitched, we sold a show to Comedy Central, Revers. The, if you listen to the Bone Zone, we talked about Revers a lot. But, um, we were going to, because Comedy Central used to be in Santa Monica. So that's like, we all live on the east side. So that's a fucking, it's just a fucking nightmare to drive across LA. So we were all going to drive together. And we were at Randy's house and he had mail sticking, you know, like he had one of those, like a little mailbox on his wall. Either way, there's a piece of mail sticking out and it looked like it said Frank come on the return address or something. Yes. And I think Johnny was like, well, Frank comes sending you mail. I was like, Frank come. <laughs> and then in the car, I remember in the car, I think Randy was driving. And on the way there, I got the email address. Frank, I tried to get Frank come at gmail.com, but I had to get Frank come 69 yeah, at yes. gmail.com. <laughs> and then I just kind of used it as a secondary. I don't know. It's just one of those things that organically happened. I'm really enjoying your Twitter because, you know, like people who aren't super familiar with your work will just stumble into some of your posts and be like, what the fuck? Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is That's going great. on? It's uh, it's hilarious, man. It's really funny to watch. <laughs> I'm glad you appreciate it. Not, uh, you know, I realized because I had my Twitter account taken away from me 
yeah, for yeah. impersonating Donald Trump Jr. for like 10 minutes on election day or whenever right. they called Biden, uh, uh, you know, the president. And he, I tweeted as Donald Trump and change because that's the thing is like I had like a verified <laughs> account. So, you know, you see that blue check mark and I changed, you know, everything to look exactly like Donald Trump Jr.'s account. Oh, so at first right. glance, you're like, what the fuck is he tweeting? <laughs> and this and this is this is a bit that I co-opted from Jamar Neighbors, who's also a very funny comic. Yeah, he's he great, was, man. He was doing that too, and he started. He, he's the first one that did it, and he got me the first time where I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, <laughs> he tweeted something as Donald Trump, where he just wrote like "y'all are gay" or something. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> awesome. I was like, "Oh shit, it's Jamar," and I like messaged him, and I was like, "Dude, that's so funny," and he would change his account to different celebrity names and it looked like him and he'd tweet this crazy stuff and nothing ever happened to him and then like me and him would go one one night at like two in the morning we're going back and forth i was mike pence and he was donald trump and it looked exactly like their account oh damn okay, and awesome. um yeah. you know we were just tweeting this crazy shit back and forth and people were just like what the fuck is going on and then we would change it back and nothing ever happened. And then the day they announced that Biden won, I tweeted like, I, I was like, oh, it'd be funny. I'll just tweet as Donald Trump Jr. And I was just like, this is bullshit. We're going to buy the white, the Trump organization is going to buy the White House and Sleepy yes. Joe's never going to be in there. Yeah. Uh, me and Eric are putting on a pot of coffee and we're going to figure this out. Just like yes. literally did like five or six tweets. And then I was like, you know, I should change it back because people are going fucking nuts out here. And when I went to change it back, I, it was suspended. Oh. And uh, they just won't give me that account back, which really, in true fucking old BW fashion, just like, I, I just, I'm a master of fucking ruining things for myself. Because like, <laughs> that Twitter was like, it was my most useful tool. You know, I had like 80,000 followers and it was right. verified. So like people would see my tweets. And now I have this world record podcast that, you know, I'm always just trying to get the fucking word out there because nobody takes me seriously. Like, you know, God forbid one fucking website writes an article about like, you know, the bone zone or do you know who Jason Siegel is or the world record podcast. Like nobody fucking pays attention to me for some reason. I'm a fucking joke. I'm not, I'm not as funny as Pete Holmes. So like oh, nobody yeah. fucking wow. <laughs> pays attention to me. Yeah. Nothing against Pete, but I'm just saying like, there's some kind of fucking, I, I don't know what it is, but uh, so they took so, that account away from me and now I'm like, oh great. Now I have like 5,000 followers and nobody fucking sees my tweets. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, like that's, uh, that's super crazy that 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 platform got taken away, man. Um, like your your content has always been extremely niche. Like there aren't there aren't any podcasts like the ones that you have created. You know, um, I you know there are podcasts where comedians will sit around and talk about their lives as comedians, and they just talk about yeah. you know getting you know screwed over here and this writing job that and that stuff is interesting to me like reed it, it can be because reed and i yeah. used to tour used to tour quite a bit and you know we've all had gigs where it's like well fucking nobody showed up man uh so uh you're gonna cut us that check no oh, and then you sit there and you and you wait for this poor bastard to cut you uh whatever you know 
check and then you know he's screwed and you feel terrible about it and yeah. so so like like that stuff is is relatable but how how much of that can one talk like how long can he so anyway like for me bone zone and do you know who jason siegel is and world record i mean i don't i i just don't know of any other comedian who is like incorporating like surrealist i guess like absurdist humor with character acting and 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 fake characters and character development and um you know, just inside jokes that run the course of like 280 episodes of. Yeah, Bone there's Zone. somebody. It's crazy. I mean, the Bone Zone. Yeah. And, you know, World Record Podcast is where it's at now, but I can't discount. The Bone Zone will, you know, it was on for seven years or six years and, you know, never made a dime, never got one fucking article written about it. Uh, it's the funniest podcast comedy podcast that was that's ever existed and i stand behind that um nothing was ever like that and as far as you know it's funny i'll i'll pop into the reddit board because there's people still discovering it i think it gets more downloads now than it did when we were making it dude i discovered Um, it i i discovered all of your shit in the past two years so i am one of those guys that like like I, I was really into Tim and Eric back in the day, and then on cinema, Mark Prucksch and oh, then yeah. like his K Strass stuff, and then I yeah. stumbled upon an episode of of Mark Prucksch on Bone Zone, and I was like, "What the fuck is this, dude?" Yeah. And so then, and so then I I ended up starting from the beginning, and I still haven't made it all the way. I'm, I'm on like episode 240 with Shane Moss right now, I think. But okay. Uh, so that's yeah. Me. There's I'm one of those uh, well, you're coming up the home stretch. I think there's only like 280 or 290 or something. Yeah. But uh, but then Jason Siegel's a nice, you know, a nice um, that I I kind of discount that, or I don't discount it, but I don't know. It was just kind of a blip because it's like did the bone zone for so long that ended, and I wanted to keep doing something, so started that, and then that ended. But it there's a lot. It's a really good podcast um and now the the world record podcast is like i mean thing is if you like it's just they're all the one thing they have in common it's just all driven by my sensibilities not to discount my co-hosts um you know there was a real special thing that randy and i had there for a long time oh yeah and uh the you know i go into the reddit board sometimes because the bone zone still has a you know pretty active you know like i said people like you or you know discovered it after it ended and somebody pointed out the um dave grohl they compiled all the dave grohl stuff when yeah i said dave grohl wants to do the podcast and randy be like okay well we have to talk about it off the air like it was like this very mysterious reason that why randy didn't want Dave Grohl on the podcast and we'd have these fights. And of course, you know, it was all, you know, planned out. Um, yeah. And, and by the way, like the fucking like triumphant return of Davey, which was like the, the yeah. most surprising. Cause like, I wasn't, I didn't know that he came back when I stumbled upon his first like reappearance. So I was just like, what the fuck? And it was like this, I don't know. It was like this weird nostalgic moment, even though I've yeah. only been aware for a couple of years, it was like, Oh my God, yeah. like, fucking Davey's back. It's so crazy. Well, the, what the person pointed out, though, was that the Dave Grohl bit 
played out over more than two years. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. from the first time I said, like we would just bring it up occasionally. And then like, then we had him on uh, a few times, but, and I, there's a funny story. There's a guy I was doing, you know, uh, before the, the big pandemic, the global pandemic. I don't know if you guys are aware of this COVID. What are you thing. talking about? What's that? Yeah, yeah. It's called like COVID. I don't know how it works, but uh, I've heard I know you got to stay sure. inside. Um, but I was doing these uh, live shows at a bar in my neighborhood called The Friend. And um, it's the show. It was called Afternoon Delight because I, I wanted to do it early because it was a crank call. It was like a stand up crank call show. So I'd have people on. The show and they would do like a 10 minute set and then we would make some phone calls um, live, which I really, which is a really fun, fun thing to do. It's a great um, idea. I'm pretty sure you're, I don't know if anyone has ever done that, uh, you know, live crank calls. Well, I have a story about that too, but first let me tell you this Dave Grohl thing. So um, a guy comes up to me after one of the, the afternoon delight shows at the friend. And he's like, hey, man, he's like, I'm a huge Bone Zone fan. And I have a funny Dave Grohl story. A friend of mine, he's like, a friend of mine turned me on to the Bone Zone. So I wasn't really like aware. I don't know. He wasn't like that deep into it. But he had heard some of the Dave Grohl stuff. And he's like, I work at a recording studio. And the Foo Fighters were recording there one day. And then during a break, like Dave Grohl's a a real nice guy from all accounts that I've heard very, you know, down to earth, approachable guy. So I guess they were taking a break or whatever. And the guy just pass in passing mentions to him. He goes, Oh, Hey man, I love you on the bone zone. And Dave Grohl's like, what? He's oh, like the man. bone zone, the podcast that you've done. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, he's like, what? He's like, do you have it? Can I hear it or whatever? And he's like, yeah. And he like pulls up a clip or whatever. And he said he like listens to it and he just went, do I sound like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's not me. <laughs> and the guy, Oh, that's what he said. He said he told his friend, his friend that turned him onto the bone zone. He told his friend before he was recording that thing. He goes, Hey, Dave Grohl's going to be here. I'm going to, should I mention something about the bone zone? And his friend's like, yeah, yeah, totally. Like oh <laughs> just oh fucking with him. <laughs> but nice. Uh, knowing that Dave Grohl was exposed to a few seconds of fake Dave Grohl in the Bone Zone is a really uh, awesome. I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> but um, about the live crank call thing, just to not to, um, you know, uh, just talk about myself the whole time. Well, hey, you're the you're the guest, man. You're the guest. Well, that's what we want. But this is a great. This is um, because I started doing that um that's kind of what made me start doing that that monthly show with the stand up and the crank calls was uh i was doing uh neil hamburger does a monthly show here in los angeles at the satellite it used to be called spaceland and uh now it's it's out of business because of covid um fucking one of the best side effects of covid is that you know institutions are all boarded up um, oh, Jesus, yeah. yeah. Some of the best venues that ever existed. But, you know, Amazon will probably buy them all and, and that'll be good. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> Damn it. But so anyway, I'm getting off time. I drank literally like a fucking gallon of coffee. Um, 
So Neil Hamburger does this monthly show and I've done it a bunch of times. And he asked me to, you know, he's like, Hey, do you want to do the, you know, the next show or whatever? I said, yeah. And it came, you know, it was getting close to the show and I'm like, you know, I don't have any, and it's, and it's a different, you know, it's not, it's, a, it's, it's Neil Hamburger show. So like, he has like weirdo acts and like, you could oh, do yeah. straight stand up, you know, and I had done straight stand up, but I was like, you know, I don't really, I don't have anything I'm really excited about that I'm doing on stage. And like the stuff that I am excited about, I think I did on his last, the last time I did his show. And I was like, Oh, you know what? I'll do, I'll do some crank calls and uh, I'll do the children's hospital thing. Oh shit. And awesome. so I got to tell you, this was one of the most, cathartic experiences on stage that I've ever had. Is this your favorite children's hospital call here? Um, well, I mean, they're all great. I mean, that, that was just like, that's one of the best things that I ever came up with in my life. That's amazing. was a children's hospital prank. And anybody listening to your podcast, we'll just, uh, it's a fake. We call, we would prank our guests on the bone zone for people listening. who don't know what it is. And, um, we would tell them because we make prank phone calls on the show. So we would make believe that we were crank calling the children's hospital, but it was my girlfriend who would answer the phone, Los Angeles children's hospital. And the, the guests would always be like, what the fuck are you? Like they would tense up right away <laughs> that we say all these inappropriate things to her, ask her about her tits and stuff. And people are like, Oh my God. Like people thought we were literally insane. And then we would end <laughs> the call by saying, by making a bomb threat saying, well, we put a bomb in the children's hospital. Okay. And hang up. And then our guests would be like, what the fuck? What the fuck did you guys just do? Like, so anyway, we did that a bunch of times, never gets old. So I'm doing uh Greg's show at the, um, you know, his, the Neil hamburger show. And so I do, I had this joke, this really, this really long drawn out joke about how the guy, that works in the seafood department at my local grocery store has a pet fish at home. I found out he has a pet fish at home and I'm like, and the guy's name is Jeff and his fish name is Dave. And I go, Hey Jeff, you're, so you're cutting up fish all day and murdering fish. And then you go home and you feed a fish and care for your fish, Dave. And, and it's, it's this whole long thing. And then I go, Oh no. Oh fuck. Wait, no, the guy's name is Dave. And the fish's name is Jeff. Like, it's just this long <laughs> fucking pointless joke. Yeah. So I do, you know, my fish thing. I tell the joke and I say, you know what? I'm going to call Gelson's, which is the grocery store that I was talking about. And um, so I call the grocery store that's, you know, right in the neighborhood where the, where the venue is. And, um, and then I just basically do the whole bit again on the phone to the manager of Gelson's where I you know, talk about the seafood guy and his pet fish and their names are all confused. And um, so then I'm like, okay. So then I say, oh, you know what? I have an idea. I'll do another call. So I call and Amanda answers Los Angeles Children's Hospital and the fucking air just gets completely sucked out of the room. Like oh, everybody's shit. like, and there's like 200 people here. Yes. And they're just like, <gasps> like, oh my, and you hear people like, <laughs> you hear noises yeah. like oh, gasps, like audible gasps. And I say, uh, 
you know, I start talking about like Game of Thrones with her, or I, you know, I'm just talking about stuff. And then, um, and she's being kind, you know, kind of like rude, like, sir, is there anything I can help you with? And I go, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I put a bomb in there. Can you yes. help me with that? And then, yes, just, I mean, the fucking, again, like even further, the like people just like, oh my God, like, <laughs> like people are, they're out of their fucking minds. They think, oh my God, we're going to get, we're all part of this. We're going to get in trouble. And like, oh no, like you hear people, like it's a, a girl in the back, no, don't do it. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I, so I say, there's a bomb in there and I hang up. And people were just like, what the fuck? Losing their minds. And I'm like, and the, I was so, because feeling that energy from 200 people or however many people were there, the energy of everybody hating, like just fucking yes. hating you and yes. thinking you're crazy and like just want to fucking kill you or get you locked up. Oh. And so like, I'm like scrambling. I'm like, okay, well, I'll call her. I'll, I'll call her back. I'll call her back. It's, it's a joke. It's an obvious joke. And people are just like, this motherfucker, like they fucking hate me. And then I call her back and she answers the phone like she's crying. Oh, <laughs> my God. People goodness. are just like, oh, no. And I'm like, hey, look, you know, I'm at the satellite here with, you know, and I'm like naming names. And people are like, what is this fucking guy? <laughs> and uh, and I go, look, when how about I make this up to you? I'm sorry. It was not really a bomb. Uh how about I take you out to dinner or something? And then she's like, takes a pause and she's like, well, well, where would we go? Oh my God. And I go, yeah. and then the, the, uh, the, the tension release in the room, oh it was just, God. it was just the most, it was, it was just magical. Like it was just so like everybody collectively going, Oh my God, this motherfucker. Like, just yeah. that the minute that it clicked that we're, and then we start talking about restaurants that we could go to and people are just fucking losing it. Oh my God. But just like having, like, I just never commanded that much power over a room full of people like that. And so that was like, I'm like, you know what? I should do this more often. And now, you know, now that like, you know, with the COVID stuff, you know, obviously there hasn't been any stand-up. And this is the longest I haven't done stand-up in When's the, last you know, the time? past 20 years. Uh I I don't know. Last, I mean, over a year ago. Yeah. Probably March of 2020. Um, but having the time, because I had never, you just kind of get caught up in, and I think a lot of people have gone through this with whatever, you know, their careers or life. Like having this time to really reflect because you don't, you just get caught up in it. And I'm like, oh, this is just standard. This is what I do. Okay, I got a date. Got to go do it. Got to, and never really taking the time to go, you know, do I, do I even want to do this anymore? Mm -hmm. Like it just yeah. becomes something. And it's like, I never really achieved any success at it. And I never really worked very hard at it, which is probably why. But now having, you know, this time to be, forced not to do it i'm like i don't know if i want to do it anymore i don't really have the desire like i haven't been like man i can't wait to get fucking back on stage at the store fucking workouts right. new material mm -hmm. i i just yeah. don't have i'm like i'm like i don't really care um i mean 
I mean, if somebody, I, I don't know actually, cause I had an offer to go somewhere or I had an offer to go to Portland, but that was like back in February and like we had just had a kid and, and the money wasn't great. And congratulations. Just, thanks. Um, do, do you congratulations think on getting booked in Portland? <laughs> uh, both. Yeah. Bo- both of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Congrats, man. No. Um, but like, uh, do, do you feel like being a parent is, is shifting your perception? I mean, along with, you know, taking a step back from COVID, but also being, you know, a father of two, is that kind of influencing your decision to maybe not, to maybe just no. do podcasting? No, or? it doesn't have anything no. to do with that. Uh, I mean, one thing is like, you know, I don't want to, I don't know, like doing material about having kids, I think is just so fucking lame, you know, not that, right. yeah. I mean, like, you know, I thought Louis An- or Louis, Louis Anderson, Louis CK stuff was, I mean, there are people who can, you know, who do it, but I, I just know when I was younger watching like, you know, comedy central or the improv, you know, whatever, some stand up show, as soon as a comedian started talking about their kids, I would just tune out like, eh, this fucking old guy. I don't want to hear this old guy shit. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. But I just, no, I think that I just, you know, and it's not like it snuck up on me. I mean, there were times like on the road where I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing? You know? And, but just didn't, I'm like, you know, I think I just was like, well, anything else that I do, like, I I don't want to get some shit job. And if I did get some shit job, I wouldn't be making any more money than I am doing this. So this is kind of the easiest grift to make money. Um, but now I'm just like, but, you know, saying all that and, and talking about that crank call thing, I am. Cause now that it is like, I wasn't thinking about it for a year. I'm not doing any fucking zoom comedy shows. Like that was never even an option. I'm like, I'm not doing, I was going to ask zoom about show. that. Yeah. 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 They seem Fuck so weird. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know what you do? The most popular zoom comedy show is like 30 viewers at it, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, I'm fucking putting all this work into some shit like to, you know, for what, you know, I get um, it. I get it, man. Yeah. I mean, unless it's like, there's something I really wanted to do. Like, you know, where I'm like, Oh, I can do this green screen thing. And, uh, but then it's like, okay, I did it and nobody saw it. And nobody, you know, like I didn't get paid um, or whatever. I mean, I don't want to sound like a jerk off, but, uh, but it's like, I just, I, the zoom thing, I'm like, you guys do that. I, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not interested. Uh, and also I am putting a lot of work in the, in, into my podcast. So I'm like, I get, I'm, I'm scratching that itch of like doing funny shit and I'm doing it on my own terms. But now that like, you know, the possibility of doing live shows is coming back. I am thinking like, well, you know what, what would I like to do? It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to just go to these shitty fucking comedy clubs that give away free tickets. And I mean, whatever I'll do, I I, I don't want to, I, I think if I come back and start doing it again, I, it is going to be, it's going to be crank calls. I'm going to wear my B-man outfit. I'm just going to be fucking what I should have been doing the whole time. I feel like I got, I got. I just, I made a lot of bad choices (laughs) over my career just out of like coward, being a coward, um, 
and just not really taking the risks that I should have and not really being true to myself. I mean, I found out how to get booked on the road to do stand up. And I was just like, write a bunch of dumb fucking diarrhea jokes that Uh you can do for the dumbest audiences in the world and the smartest audiences in the world. Um, And then just, you know, do that and make as much as a guy, you know, who's a regional manager of a fucking Sears or whatever. Uh, But I did it, you know, I kind of just got caught up in this thing and it's like, that's the way life goes for a lot of, you know, when you're younger, you always have all these older people giving you advice and you're like, shut up, you dumb old fuck. But they all knew. I'm like, oh, yeah, all those old motherfuckers giving me advice knew what they were talking about. Because, like, yeah. like it really does kind of slip. Before you know it, 10 years goes by and you're like, what the fuck am I? I'm still working at this gas station. This was only supposed to last a year. Um, and that's kind of what happened with comedy where I'm like, wait a minute. Holy fucking shit. It's two th- I've, been, I've been doing this for like fucking 15 years and I, I don't have anything to show for it. I'm not especially proud of any of my stand-up. I mean, the podcast stuff I am. The Bone Zone, I, you know, I stand behind. And I think that'll be probably, you know, years after I'm dead, it'll be, you know, <laughs> celebrated as, as the best podcast in the world well, next dude, to the world I'm, record podcast. Like, you know, I, I am a, I'm one of those guys where it's like I found this thing and I like I obsessed over it. And, and by the way, I am speaking to Bone Zone here. But my favorite episode of anything, any podcast that I've seen so far, I've seen all of World Record. I'm almost done with Do You Know Who Jason Siegel is? And I'm almost done with Bone Zone. But my favorite one was a World Record episode with, with fucking Laser Wing, where you guys <laughs> talked about seducing your fucking, your dad. Yeah, you yeah. talked about seducing your dad for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it was a game show idea. Yeah, yeah. Fuck my dad or fuck your dad. Oh, I forget what it was called. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I actually thought about making a making a tune from that because like I made the the Urkel's house thing, but yeah, like, I wanted like like at some point you said welcome to fuck your dad, and I was like, oh, dude, that's like an <laughs> obvious pa- parallel between my other thing that I did. So, um, yeah, like I've I listened to that episode like three times. Wow. And by the way, like well, like I listen to your shit like while I'm. Well, I work. I work remotely for a tech company out of San Francisco, but um, you know, basically, it's just like Brendan Walsh is talking as I'm, you know, solving these weird tech problems. Um, but um, yeah, like, uh, do you do you have a like? Is there any episode that sticks out at you over the course of your like the three you know main podcasts that like? is like the crowning glory of, of everything that you hoped it could be. I mean, there's, you know, I, I mean, recently, I have to go through them, but the, I mean, a lot of the world record ones I really like. Um, one thing that stands out, from the bone zone. Do you know Jason Siegel is too? Like the secret garden stuff tickles me just because I had like, I just went through a phase where I thought like being sneaky and hiding was like a funny thing. Like where I'm just mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm sneaky. That's how uh-huh. I, you know, <laughs> my pronouns are sneaky. And uh, <laughs> so uh, 
we were calling like garden centers and telling them we're going to have a secret garden party, but we needed lots of hiding places. And, huh. and I wanted to like be buried in soil and sit up straight to scare someone. And so that, that still kind of tickles me just like the idea of like the stupid idea. Um, but there was a thing early, early on with the bone zone, which I don't even know if they're up, but we used to do it with red band uh Ro- joe rogan's uh guy you know the death squad thing dude someone and, uploaded all of those to youtube so it's video oh good like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and those videos were really fun and we did a thing early on where if we were a little more popular i i mean i think this is one of the best things that was ever done in entertainment maybe not but either way it should have been a lot a lot huger than it was davey was like it's when it was me and Randy and Davey and Davey was, uh, he was just like really busy. He might've been doing like a, I don't know. He's doing commercials or either way. He was busy for a little while and wasn't on like three or three or four episodes of the bone zone and on Twitter and on the episodes as he wasn't on, we were alluding to the fact that he was in the hospital. And on Twitter, we were like, you know, we had it going on Twitter where Davey's, you know, doing better, but, you know, it's still, he's still not out of the woods. And we were never specific about anything. And um, so we had this long prank of Davey's in the hospital. And then during the, um, you know, during the live video, because I, oh no, we didn't, we didn't broadcast it live, but either way, we were doing the video and it's me and Randy in the, um, studio where we used to do it. And there's like a knock on the door and, uh, and a woman comes in and we're like, Oh, Hey, it's Davy's sister. Oh, we just saw you at the hospital. Come on, sit down, join in. And we're like drinking whiskey and stuff. And she's like, well, I, um, I'll come back when you guys are done. And we're like, no, come on, sit down. You can say anything on the podcast. And so she sits down and she's like, well, I just got back from the hospital and, uh, Davy, uh, died. Davy just died. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what, what the fuck? And we're like, stop the, stop the pie. So we cut the video and I put like ice on my eyes to make them really red and watery. And we come back and it's me and Randy and Katie crown was the girl. And she's and we're like, Oh my God, you know, well, we're back. And yeah, Davey's dead. And, and she's like, yeah, his brother's parking the car. Um, his twin brother uh greg or whatever his name was and we're like oh my god so it's like this real serious somber and we're just talking she's like yeah i don't know he was doing good last night and then there's like a knock on the door and we get it and it's davy's twin brother which is davy with you know a goatee and like a fat suit Mm -hmm. on yeah and he comes in we're like oh my god and and we're getting like drunker and drunker as this is going on and then it culminates in us like, you know, and Davey's a great actor. Davey's a phenomenal actor. And um, he's really, you really think it's a different guy, you know, it's his twin, but even though it looks like, but it's like, it, it looked, uh, either way, people bought it. And so like, he's there as Davey's twin brother and Katie. And then I progressively, we start like kind of turning into a celebration of Davey's life. And I start 
but I, then I start getting like really flirty with his sister and like inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, yeah. Dave, you know, I forget what Davey's brother's name was, but we're like, dude, you should go fucking shave off your goatee. You should just be Davey. Take Davey's spot. He's like, oh, I don't know, but he's drinking too. And he's getting loose. And then like, so then he goes into the bathroom and he comes out <laughs> with like his mustache shaved off or whatever he had on. And, uh, and we're like, Oh my God, it's Davey. It looks just like him. And he's like, yeah, maybe I could have. I mean, just the way that whole thing played out, I think was like, and, and people, people bought it. Like there were people sending video clips of, there was one guy, I, one that I remember in particular, he's showing his wife the, the video and it's like just her like reaction, you know, he's got the camera on her and she's like, and then, you know, you hear her say, well, Davey passed away last night. Where she's like, oh, my God, no, Davey died. And then oh, and then when uh, yeah, when his twin brother comes, she's like, oh, he looks just like him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, dude, like like watching watching all that stuff after the fact, um, you know, I wasn't super familiar with 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 Davey. Um, you know, he super amazing actor. Adventure Time and a slew of other stuff that he's done, but um, I was actually like a lot of before, right, right. But, but before I before I put it together, like when 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 his brother showed up, I went to Google as I was watching it, and I was like, Davy Johnson death, you know. And it was like, <laughs> all I could find was a bunch of Bone Zone subreddit stuff, and it was like <laughs> R.A.P. Davy, and I was like, wait a like what the fuck? And then of course like. About five minutes later, I was like, "That's a hundred percent fucking Davy, and this is hilarious." You know? Yeah. So I love that. I mean, I love that it like sent you down that path. That's one thing that Matt Farley, that I really admire about that guy, is um, his. You know, Matt Farley, the guy that does all the weird songs. Yeah, I, I called him because he puts his oh, fucking phone yeah. number on Twitter. He picked up on like the first ring. It's so weird. But the way we discovered him was we did like a birthday episode and found like a birthday song and he has a very distinct voice. And then, um, so we were playing like happy birthday, whatever, Randy or Brendan, whatever we found, but one of his songs. And then like months later, we're looking for a, a song about something else. And we finally were like, wait a minute, that's the same guy from the birthday mm-hmm. song. And then we called him and, uh, and just the way he created like this whole universe, like he has all these fake bands, like he's got two or three birthday bands, but they're like all against each other. And, but it's all obviously him. And the toilet I, uh, cleaners and all that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. But I, I find like, I, that's, it's just amazing what he's done. And he's put in the work over and it's like, you know, it's finally paying off like, you know, years and years and, tens of thousands of songs later um, yeah i th- i think he's up to about twenty one thousand now he's got twenty one thousand songs 21 or 22 yeah he just did a tweet like that he he just recorded his 20 something thousandth uh song that's amazing i mean you know he probably i mean that's a no one's written that am- that amount of music i mean he probably he probably could submit to, to the world record you know, like you know, world records. we should try to get. Uh, yeah, I wonder if he's explored that. I don't know. Oh, you guys should no, have I'm him on, man. Him right That'd now, great. Yeah, I'll text him and see if he wants to do it. 
Yeah, yeah. Tell him, tell him you're talking to the guy that made the the Randy Lidke poops eleven times a day cover. I made like a cover of that. <laughs> oh, song. did you? That was yeah, uh, yeah. that song was my idea. Um, and poop <laughs> into awesome. a wormhole. That was my idea too. Another <laughs> great one. Yeah, one of his more yeah. famous songs that he never credits me for. That <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, um. But yeah, no, I love that kind of stuff. The you know creating like that's I I really admire that with what uh, Tim and uh, Greg, the the on cinema Tim Heidecker and Greg Turkington. I don't know if you've ever delved into that universe, but dude, Reed will attest. I I mean I mean like I said, that's kind of how that's kind of how I inadvertently stumbled into your universe here is 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 because of Mark Pruksh. Yeah, uh, appearance, you know, him doing WC Fields on on cinema and all that stuff and uh so yeah, I mean, you know, Greg Greg Turkington, you know, Neil Hamburger, all that stuff. I actually saw Neil Hamburger right before the pandemic happened or whatever. I saw him in at, at the Warfield opening for Mr. Bungle. Oh yeah. Who, who he used to tour manage for, which I I had no idea that yeah. he did that. And he made a crank call CD with um Mike Patton. What? Yeah. What? Holy shit. I got to There's an, it's called, I think it's called Great Phone Calls. Something like that. It's probably a Neil, if you look up Neil Hamburger, Mike Patton or something. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, uh, Great Phone Calls. There's a real funny, there's a call in there and there's a lot of great stuff. But one of them that, uh, (laughs) I mean, really makes me laugh is he he's in the bay in san francisco he put an ad or no he answers an ad where there's a band looking for a bass player and he's like hey i'm your new bass player and uh and the guy's like what and he's like yeah i'm your new bass player where do i go what the fuck i'm in charge of the band now or whatever and the guy's like you can't or whatever you know whatever he's winding the guy up and he's acting real cocky and then the guy's getting pissed off and he's like He's like, you know, you're an asshole. You want to fucking fight or whatever? And he goes, yeah. He's like, okay, I'll tell you what. You know that burrito place down on Haight Street? Meet me there. I'll buy you a burrito. <laughs> He's oh like, I'll buy God. you a burrito. Then I'll punch you in the stomach and watch the burrito fly out of your mouth and then play bass licks on your grave. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Yeah. God. That sounds like a Longmont Potion Castle type of thing, you know? Like, uh, um, I don't know if you're, have you ever listened to Longmont Potion Castle? You know, not really, and I, I've been getting comparisons over the years. I mean, what I've I've listened, I've heard some stuff, and I get it. I'm like, oh yeah, he's kind of, you know, there. It's like between. It's not like Jerky Boys, which I love. Yeah, like you know, we're not yeah. calling people like, hey, fuck face. I'm I was gonna, gonna down there and piss in your mouth. <laughs> I was yeah, gonna ask yeah. if you had ever. Yeah, that's that's awesome that you know about Jerky Boys and all that. Of course, I know about Jerky Boys. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I've I've, was, I've I've heard you. Uh, mention them on on several of your podcasts uh, briefly, but yeah, like um, Roy Mercer, Roy D Mercer, yeah, yeah, yeah that's the Oklahoma guy. Um, but man, um, you know, I've always, I've always really enjoyed the like the, you know, y- you tend to get into some pretty abstract, surreal calls sometimes where there's sound effects and yeah. the per- the person on the other line is c- kind of just it, it, you've created an alternate reality for this person. It was just like doing their job, and it's like all of a sudden, <laughs> what the fuck? Pemberton's on, and he's. You guys are all saying the weirdest shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Echoes and voice effects, uh-huh. and 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I love, that's what I like to do is just, you know, yeah, I'm not trying to harass anyone. I just want to, I'm just trying to have some fun <laughs> and, uh, you know, the people and that's kind of, that's really what kind of bugs me is when people immediately are like, I'm really busy right now. What is there something I can help you with? And it's like, number one, you're not busy. Like Nobody's Robbie. ever fucking busy. Yeah. Robbie. Oh yeah. That's uh-huh. Jason Siegel guy. I just um, heard that for the first time, like a couple <laughs> days ago. Well, like it, it, it's over the course of a couple of episodes, which I mean, the the whole idea about the waterbed, the, the waterbed guy who you just stumbled into his life, and then all of yeah. a sudden you're like selling waterbeds for this guy's dying business. Yeah. And then you're and then you have assets, and then you're calling other people and trying to give them <laughs> trying to hook them up with a, a waterbed. It's just like the most the most biz- like I would have this the most original idea for a series of of prank calls ever. And then just you know robbie's fucking attitude was hilarious but like i i was kind of wondering did, did you ever hear back from him after like i haven't finished all of the show yet so where i'm where i left off is like he's he showed up to one of nick thune's shows and was like hey don't like he wrote he wrote nick thune a letter or something he left a note and you know what i question the authenticity of that not on nick's part but i feel like there was a fan of the Ah. podcast who left a note like that um it could have been him though i mean there's just no way to confirm it um right right but i feel like the possibility of somebody else leaving the note is you know is just as plausible as as the actual Robbie doing it. That being said, the candy store that we were calling is literally across the street, more or less from, it's very close to the comedy club. Nick was at. Um, So he could have like walked over there after work or something. It could have been. Yeah. He could have, you know, put two and two together. or Maybe we even told, we probably told him our names at some point. But that was just like from the moment you, <laughs> from the moment we heard Robbie's voice, you're like, oh boy, <laughs> we got a yeah, live yeah. one here. Because it was just like yeah. he's like, hello, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, it's just like dripping with why? attitude. Can I ask why you're calling <laughs> me? <laughs> Which is fine, you know. Like I can't knock people for you know. It's like yeah, we're intruding in their lives. But and not to dismiss somebody who works at a candy store, it's probably a fucking great job. But like, you know, don't take, you know, I mean, I can't, you know, I can't expect everybody to be like me. But it's like, don't, you know, don't take everything so seriously. But you know what? I have my moments too. Like, if somebody fucking called me saying, you know, they had a mouthful of bees or something at the (laughs) wrong time, I'd be like, I'd be like, what? Fuck you. Like, you know, like I wouldn't behave much better. Like, I don't. I don't put myself above anybody who falls. I'm the most gullible person when it comes to, you know, (laughs) people joking with me and uh, playing pranks on me. So like, I'm not, I'm not trying to act like I'm better than anyone. Like, Oh, that guy's a fucking idiot because you know, he stayed on the phone with us. I, I mean, I appreciate when people do, because I feel like it does create like, you know, just to suck somebody into the realm of like, you know, this being possible, 
Like, like it's like, wait, yeah. the rock wait, you're calling because oh, the rock yeah. wants to have a birthday party. Dude, with- that was so amazing. The fucking, the rock and, and the letterman, the letterman episode that, that, that you guys just did yeah. was, I mean, that was probably the most believable, um, impersonation throughout well, it's the only one <laughs> everybody else yeah, yeah. is not even trying <laughs> right nor do i want them to but yeah the letterman yeah. and i actually just found because there's um there's an email address that i make the phone calls through that i don't really use and but i i was using it for something and found uh there's a one of the ladies from the pet store left a message saying um she was like if you know you just called talk to deb and you know if this is the real david letterman i just want to say you know thank you for the laughs over the years like she was so uh oh that's nice wow (laughs) yeah 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 um yeah so at least it wasn't you know something mean so, uh, you know, and, and by the way, man, I don't, I don't, I don't want to keep you longer than you have to, than, than you want to be here. So just let me know. Um, if, no, you if know what you're good. It's, oh shit. Um, sorry. 120. Uh, no, no, we're fine. We're, we're good for a little bit more. So, so, okay. Like th- th- this is more of just like, you know, um, g- grew up, grew up in Philly. Right. So, uh-huh. um, did, were you doing comedy prior to moving to Austin or what made you, what made you decide to move to Austin initially? Uh, just cause it was a cool place. And I was like kind of leaving Philly occasionally. Like I went to Oregon for a little bit and then came back. Like I would go places and then come back. Like I'd go someplace for a few months. I moved to like Ireland and Amsterdam for about a year total and then came back to philly and every time i would come back to philly i'm just like oh yeah this is i i I remember all this not that it was like bad but i'm like everybody's right where i left them uh and then i did a tour with um a friend of mine uh i was working i was like a carpenter and i worked in theater like you know on the technical side like building sets and stuff and sound and and uh, me and my friend Kristen were working for this children's theater company that toured, um, did touring shows. And we went on tour with this Christmas Carol play and stopped in Austin. And Kristen was already coming. To, she would come to Austin. And she actually was like buying a house in Austin because she loved it there and had friends there. And she would do these puppet shows. And like, it's just a great place for if you don't, it's just, it's just so supportive. Like it's the opposite of Philly where, mm-hmm. you know, Philly, you're like, Hey, I might want to do stand up comedy. And people are like, yeah, okay. Whatever. Fuck face. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're real funny. Um, <laughs> and then like, if you start getting any success at like, Oh, I'm going to start a band. Oh, look, our band is like selling out this place. Oh, fucking cool. Your band sucks. Like Jesus, it's like yeah. the opposite of supportive. <laughs> I don't know what it's like now. And I'm obviously, you know, embellishing, but, uh, but I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I like playing music. I like, you know, I was interested in filmmaking and visual arts and 
just whatever, doing weird shit like uh, comedy. And Austin just seemed like a great place for somebody in their early 20s to move. Um, uh, I mean, it's it was just a great, you know, in the late 90s, it was, um, you know, it was fucking, it was the perfect place for a hot 22-year-old Brendan Walsh to fucking go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. go to. Because um, it's like, well, you guys live there, right? Is that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here right now. Uh, Reed's just outside of Austin in Dripping Springs. So, oh yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's just it's a fun part. Like, I mean, cool girl. Like, it was a great place to be single in your 20s, and like, fucking would go to emos every night. And yeah, the old emos. Um, met a lot of cool people, and then yeah, just like, you know, did actually my friend Kristen. She would put on these puppet shows. And at, at Club DeVille, which I think has been out of business for a while now. Now we fucking played there before. That's so yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's Crazy. it's been something different for at least five years now, right? Or more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More. This was, I mean, we probably played there 10 years ago. At least, yeah. It's been a yeah, I remember when Club DeVille opened. Like it, um, it was like a new place when I first moved there. Cool and spot, like cool outdoor stage, you know. It's fantastic. Oh, God, I hung out there all the time. And uh, Kristen did a show there. And actually, she had done, uh, she would do shows there. Mainly. Either way, she asked me, she was like, do you want to do something to like open for the puppet show? And I did a, um, I did a thing where I was like, yeah, I'll sing some songs. And I would do, I, I this guy had like a MIDI Either way, I had a keyboard up there, but all the music was like pre-recorded. But people didn't know; they thought I was playing the keyboard. And I would sing these like really heartfelt songs, like all by myself, and I will always love you, and like read all this fucked up shit off of cue cards. And um, so I started doing like this keyboard stuff, like at comedy, but then like really singing these songs. It was fun, and people liked it. And then I did one where I opened for her. Or maybe it was even a different show, I think, at this point. It's this Maple Circle guys. But uh, I I did a thing and I had to make an announcement that, you know, Brendan Walsh is going to do his musical show. But he just had major oral surgery. But he's a champ and he's going to be here to perform for you. And I had, like, loaded my mouth with fake blood and gauze. And went up and was singing these songs, like really singing my heart out, but there's just like blood <laughs> flying out. Like, and my, oh my and my God. mouth like literally had like a pillow in my mouth with just soaked in blood. And, uh, <laughs> and then did a tribute to princess Diana. Like, I don't know. I did. I was doing all this weird stuff. Um, I, oh, and I had a clown costume. I would do clown stuff. Um, actually this guy would hire me and, uh, one of my friends to be drunken clowns. Like what did, we did a thing where we were, we dressed as clowns and we just kind of, Oh, there was some kind of circus themed show. Either way, me and my friend were drunken clowns and literally were just wasted dressed as clowns. But that's what they wanted us to do is just like be belligerent and harass people oh, and be excellent. drunk. Yeah. And another guy saw us do that. Oh, you know what? The guy who hired, it was a guy who he was like a party planner. And he threw these big parties and he had some extra money and he was friends with my friend, Sean. And he's like, do you guys want to be drunken clowns? I think it'd be funny to have a couple drunk clowns harassing people. We did it and he loved it. And then he's like, Hey, there's South by Southwest is happening. 
I'm doing this spin magazine party. It's in the basement of, I, I forget what building it was, but it was like downtown off of sixth street. It was this, it was, there was a big basement of one of these, uh, office buildings and spin magazine was having its party there and the flaming lips were playing what? and uh Shit. who else was built a spill um so yeah either show, way dude oh dude in a fucking basement too um which was you know fairly large but yeah like i mean they were in the corner like it was a yeah two of my favorite wow. bands fucking playing there and he's like do you guys want to be drunken clowns there we're like, yeah. And it was funny too, because when Duh. we showed up, um, there's a line around like a two block long line and a red velvet rope. And we walk up and the guy, you know, the bouncer guy is like, the line's back there. And we're like, well, we're the clowns. And he's like, I don't fucking. And then this guy comes out, he's like, the clowns get in. <laughs> like <laughs> they like usher us in. And then we proceeded to just fucking harass every record executive. Like we were just like, Oh, we were, I'm surprised we like, that was me and my friend, Sean. I was like, let's get beat up. The funniest thing, <laughs> the funniest thing I could think of is two clowns getting their ass kicked in the middle of this fucking thing. So we were like harassing <laughs> bouncers, security guys. There was this English like record executive guy who we just would not leave alone. Awesome. And because uh, he, he he went in to do coke somewhere, I'm pretty sure. And we were like yeah. outside the door, like we want cocaine too. Let us in, you Australian fuck. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and uh, nobody beat us up. But then the the end of this drunken clown story is he did another thing, and he's like, "Hey, I need four clowns. Can you get two other guys? We're doing this thing. It's during the day, though." And we're like, "Yeah, we'll be drunk during the day." <laughs> It turns out we're on our way to this fucking event with a case of Zima. <laughs> and, oh my uh, goodness. And uh and he oh, this might have been, I don't even know if we had cell phones yet, but either way, he's like, This isn't a drunken clown thing. You guys are just gonna be clowns. This is like an, a a oh. company party. <laughs> and we're shit. like, You hired drunken clowns, dude. <laughs> so what you pay like, for. That's what you're we getting. got wasted on. <laughs> there and like really i mean it and like it was a dick move on our part but also we're like i don't want to be fucking clowns running a dunk tank for fucking raytheon or whatever company oh, right. is having a <laughs> fucking picnic like you should have told us this because like the three other times you hired us like, we were trying to get physically attacked yeah. you know, we're not gonna yeah. run a fucking sack race at a fucking company picnic Oh my god! Holy shit, man! I wish you had a body cam, or you know, like th they didn't have those back then. But uh, <laughs> that would have been hilarious. So, so, so you, you, that's kind of how you got started being on, being funny well, then, on stage. Well, then, yeah, then I just I met some. Well, actually, I, I had this temp job, and I don't know. I kind of just looked up open mics, and I used to do an open mic upstairs at the Ritz before the where the it's an alamo draft house now on sixth street but it used yeah, to be a, car, yeah, a bar yeah, called yeah. the ritz and it had yeah. an upstairs and a downstairs and i just like found out about an open mic and i was like oh i'll try that and just kind of like yeah i don't know just went there with a couple friends and like i didn't even really put in it, it went really well but i i didn't like write like traditional jokes i was kind of like uh 
don't remember exactly what I did, but it was a lot of like extreme, like all the fucking Mountain Dew, like everything was extreme. All the commercials were extreme back then. Oh yeah. Surge. Yeah. It was like that. So I was just kind of like, you know, doing these rants about like, well, fucking, and actually Patton Oswalt wound up having like a very similar thing. Well, I can't even say similar bit because I, it wasn't even really a bit, but like, it was all about like, like he has a thing about like KFC, some kind of like bowl where it's like, we dare you to fucking try and eat this. It'll kill you. (laughs) And I had like a, that that was kind of my whole set that night. It was just kind of like, yeah, fuck you. We'll fucking throw a can of soda in your grandma's face. Fucking piss on her. Um, <laughs> and then like, yeah. And then like the comics that were there were kind of like, oh, how long have you been doing comedy? And I was like, this is my first try. And they're like, oh, keep coming back. And then came back a few times to some open mics, but didn't I didn't really think the guys that, like the scene was that funny and there would be nights where I would go like to the Velveeta room and they wouldn't even put me up. You know, I'd sit there all night with like stuff I wanted to do and they'd be like, Hey man, sorry. The fucking Esther's follies guy wants to do a set and Oh, this guy just popped in and and I'm like, what the fuck? I see these assholes. They do the same fucking three minutes every week. Like, Mm -hmm. and I had a chip on my shoulder, you know, I thought I was like funnier than everyone. And well, it's probably good when you're starting off right to to like you know to i mean it gives you initial confidence to go up there and do some crazy shit oh yeah no i i mean i i had the confidence i i just didn't have and i still lack the people skills of you know like people ask me for advice in comedy and it's like just fucking be nice to everybody mm-hmm. like everybody's funny you know just don't just be the fucking guy everybody's happy to see. Don't fucking talk shit. Don't complain. Be the happy, funny guy everybody's happy to see. And that's when, it, when because the shittiest fucking comic on the open mic is probably going to be the most successful person at some point. And when they get a show or a head writer of something, they'll go, oh, fucking Brendan Walsh. That guy's always fun to be around. He's never a dick. Right. He's always funny and he's always happy. I want him in my writer's room. Uh, that's what I didn't, you know, learn. <laughs> and I still have it. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better now. Not that I was ever like a raging asshole, but um, I'm just not good at like politics, like playing. You know, I just never really saw the whole show business as a business. It's like, I'm like, I just want to be cra- I just want to be funny. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm funny. Just fucking let me be funny. You know, I, I don't know how to play these games of like, you know, how am I supposed to make believe? Like, it's just, it's hard for me to, and again, like I have friends who are like comics that I don't find particularly funny on stage. Um, but it's hard. Like if I don't think someone's funny, it's really hard for me to fake it and not, you know, not be an asshole to them, but that's kind of the only criteria I've ever had for anyone throughout my whole life. When I was a little kid, all my friends were fine. They were people who made me laugh or laughed really hard at me. That's that'll get you a lot yeah, of fucking yeah. points too. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. No. Well, anyway, so yeah, I did, I, I started going to open mics and I was like, fuck this scene. This is bullshit. Everybody was like kind of older than me too. And I was like, eh, I'm not into this. So I started doing, um, Either way, I started doing this other stuff. I did this like variety show type thing where we had strippers and 
uh, and then that was, and we would show videos and, um, and then that fell apart because the two guys I was doing it with just were like, we don't want to do it anymore. And it was like really popular. Uh, the Poon shows it was called. And um, we did a handful and then they just stopped. They didn't want to do it anymore. And I, and then I was like, well, I could try stand up. Like, you know, I'll go back and do stand up because that's just me. You know, I don't have to worry about people letting me down. And I went back to the Velveeta room and, uh, there was like a whole new kind of scene going on. Uh, like Chris Fairbanks and Jim mm -hmm. Hamilton yep. and Martha Kelly, um, Michelle Balloon. But this is kind of uh, how you met Stanhope. Like, like in this, in this. I know that you ended up going on tour with Stanhope. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. He, I opened for him at the because then I started when I because like I was still doing like weirdo shit and. Fairbanks told me like, cause he was already kind of like going on the road featuring and stuff. And I, and he was like, Hey man, you can't like, cause I was always, I was like, how do you get fucking, but you're going to Houston, you're going to make $600 in a weekend. Like, I want to do that. And he's like, well, you got to write some regular jokes. Like you can't, you know, do a fucking 10 minute impression of a porno girl getting fucked. Um, yeah. Uh, or whatever, like dressed like powder. Like I had a, I, you know, either way, I dressed like powder, the guy from the movie, and did a set, but I just kept pissing my pants the whole time. Oh, um, shit. I had a gorilla suit. Like, I, yeah, I was doing all this weirdo shit. And then, like, the other, which I, I regret not sticking to that, but I wanted to make money going on the road, like all these other people I saw. And, so they're like, just write a normal fucking, you're funny. Just write a set and then you go, then you'll get booked on the road. And that's, so then I started, you know, Cap City started letting me perform there again. Cause they banned me for a little while. Um, oh, for, it just for, I just didn't know. I was fucking, I was, I was the MC and, uh, was doing all this weird shit. I had plants in the audience and you know, a gorilla suit and, and, and they were just kind of like, that's not, do you know how the MC is just the fucking, this isn't your show. <laughs> you know? oh, I'm God. like, I don't know. I thought I had stage time. I could do whatever I wanted. Um, <laughs> so they were like, yeah, you can't, but, but Margie liked me. Like she knew I was fun. She liked me, but she was like, you're, you're just too much of a fucking psycho. And, but then when Stanhope was coming back because stanhope was banned for a while because he like pulled his i think he had a waitress shave his balls on stage or something damn and, uh, yeah <laughs> or they told yeah. him not like he pulled his dick out one night and they told him not to do that so then the next night he had a waitress shave his balls on stage and didn't <laughs> I, I don't know the story i'll have to talk to doug about that but either way he he was banned from the club but then he got them then he was on the man show and they let him come back because he's on the man show sure he sell yeah, some tickets yeah. and then margie called me and she said look you know stan hope's coming do you want to open for him you can do whatever the fuck you want if you want to fucking you know shit on like she was like you do whatever you want because we don't you know because he's you know he's not your band he's banned I might as well let both of you guys and but at that point i had all i was doing you know more normal stand-up and that's how I met Doug was he, you know, I was emceeing for him and he, I remember we, I walked back 
you know, got off the stage and um, he was by the sound booth and he was like, looked at me and he's like, what, what the hell are you doing? I'm seeing. And I was like, oh, sorry. You didn't like it. He's like, no, you're fucking hilarious. You should be fucking featuring at least. And I was like, yeah, oh, cool. Dude. I'm glad you like it. And uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, we just kind of, you know, he he just thought I was funny. And I didn't really know who, you know, I didn't really follow current stand up. So I wasn't like, because at that point, even back then, he had, you know, guys who were, you know, kids fucking hanging out, smoking cigarettes, wanting to be like Doug and, <laughs> right, you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. I did it. I wasn't like, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, you're funny. I, you know, I don't. I don't work, you know, I don't, I didn't really know who you were before this week. You treat him um, like a guy, you know? Yeah. Which maybe, and I can't speak for him. Maybe he found that kind of refreshing and also being like, because it is, it is something when you're touring, just doing clubs and you're not bringing your own opening acts. When you get a, a random opening act uh, from a club, that's actually funny it's, it's a really special thing. You're like, wow. Oh fuck. Yeah, you're, then you're like best friend, you're friends for life. Right. Um, so that, that's kind of how it started with us. He thought I was funny and, uh, and then started calling me, um, to go and do dates with him. And I actually turned some stuff down cause I was just so fucking broke. And he like, he asked me to like open for him at Caroline's in New York. And, and this is again, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I should have figured out a way to do it, but, um, I was just like, dude, I, he's like, you know, it only pays like 250 bucks. Like it was just, I'm like, I don't have enough money for a plane ticket and I don't know where I'm going to stay, you know, like, yeah. And he's like, all right, well, we'll figure out more stuff. And then we started doing, um, mostly when he, when Doug got out of the clubs and started doing his, MySpace, just kind of like, you know if there's a venue in your town, you want me to come. So we were just doing bars and, and, uh, stuff like that for a couple, couple of years, two or three years, maybe like 2005 to, I remember when I moved out here in 2009, I stopped at Doug's place for a while. I actually wound up staying there for like a couple of weeks. Cause he went on the road and I stayed to help his friend, Shawnee, uh, build a, uh, the fun house uh, on his property and, um, and like feed the dogs and shit. And, uh, hmm. but when I got there, I, it was like the most amicable breakup. It wasn't even a breakup, but like I was moving to Los Angeles. I knew a lot of people who moved out here, stand up comics who moved out here and then were on the road all the time still. And I'm like, well, you just tripled your rent. You didn't, fucking why are you living in LA if you're never there right and yeah. so yeah, yeah. I was gonna talk you know and I was touring with Doug a lot then and I and I was gonna tell him um hey man I don't you know I think I'm gonna take a break you know I'm gonna try to stay in LA and whatever just figure that out and I remember we we're sitting at his kitchen table and we're like drinking and smoking or whatever and talking and uh and I was about to like kind of bring up the subject, see what he was doing with his next tour or whatever. And then he's, he's like, Hey, uh, so I was talking to Hennigan and, uh, we're not going to bring openers on the road anymore. Cause it's just going to, you know, to save money and you get local guys and they promote the show. And I was just like, dude, 
I was going to fucking, I was going to tell you, I don't want to go on the road anymore. So, uh, this is, uh, this is great. Let's, let's have a drink. Awesome. And dude, by the way, just to tie it in with Stanhope, last ep- last episode with Stanhope was, was great. It was like, so it was just a casual hangout where y'all were just calling people, you know, <laughs> like it's such yeah. a great episode. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Again. Yeah. That was one too that I'm like, cause it's, it's weird, you know, like Doug and I, but there's also, I feel like there's a zone that we can get in where it's like generally nighttime, couple drinks, you know, that, not that I was disappointed with that episode, but I felt like I was like, Oh, we're not, we're so much better together than this. You know what I mean? Like I was, uh, I was like, Oh, this, I feel like this should be like, you know, Oh, whatever. Here I am again. It's yeah, it's a great episode. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I dig it, man. And, and, and I want to have, also- I, I, my point is I, I, I got to have them on more often because uh, we really do uh, share a lot of the same sense of humor and, and yeah, have a lot of fun together. I'm fucking here for it. And dude, and the, the last episode, uh, the, the return of Amanda is awesome. She, you, you guys are just a great pair. This chemistry is, is, is fucking hilarious. So um, Thanks. yeah. Uh, I encourage anyone that's listening to this to please, if you haven't already, check out World, World Record Podcast and then, you know, all the huge body of work that precedes it with Do You Know Who Jason Siegel Is and, and Bone Zone Podcast. And, um, yeah, all told, you have about 400 or so episodes of, if you want to dip into the Brendan Walsh universe listeners, mm-hmm. yeah. there's a lot out there. But get into the World Record Podcast. Join the Patreon. It's yep. worth it, I think. I'm on it, dude. I got it. Um, I'm gonna. I just got an email about those stickers. I'm gonna. I'm gonna email Frank. Come here in a second. No, better <laughs> hurry up. I think they're almost <laughs> run out. Oh shit! All right. Well, hey, um, man. Uh, go yeah. ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. That's uh, yeah. I should get going too. Cool. Okay. Well, again, thank you so much, man. Um, really appreciate it. It's been um, awesome. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. and Anytime. I might, great hang. I might uh, tweet at you some, some, you know, seduce your dad song that I'm going to make from you and Laser Wings talk. So, great, go for it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We'll play it on the show. All right, dude. Sounds good. Thanks, Brendan. We're all really good friends now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. All right, dude. Take care. All right, see it. What the f- can I hit you? Hey, uh, I just had a couple of questions for you there. Um, so, uh, is there any way that you can possibly loop me into, uh, you know, is, is there any way that, uh, there could be a former way to, you know, exploit the, the myriad of possibilities here, you know, in a, in a vacuum of sorts? Uh, I don't understand. Sorry. Okay. Um, it's, it's no problem. Just, uh, you know, please, please don't hang up. Uh, so... Is there any are, are there any questions that you have for me? Um, you know, pending our previous agreement. What agreement? Uh, well, you know, uh, I I spoke to you a couple days ago, and uh, there was a couple things, you know, in the back end. I think I think you're talking with the wrong person. No, no, no. Uh, this is this is photos photo. Right, right. I understand that. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Nobody called me like two days ago. I well, wasn't here two days ago. 
Well, it wasn't it wasn't two days ago uh, per se. This is regarding what though? Um. Okay. So um, you know, like, do you not do you not remember speaking to me? My name is Patch. Patch. Yeah. No. You don't. I don't. You don't remember speaking to a patch. You know with whom you speak. You have the name. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was. Uh, well, you know, first, you know, I, I do just want to reiterate that this is a resolution issue. Um, does that does that ring a you bell? You know, with whom, you know with, with whom you speak. Can you give me the name that you speak with? Um, you know, they didn't give me a name, but I, I do believe I was speaking to you, and we're about 100% 6 to midnight on that. Yeah, I don't remember Patch name, and I don't know what you're... I mean, what, what, you, from where you're calling or what company, from where you're calling? Is you a customer here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, basically. You are a customer here? Yeah, basically, we're just looking to make an upgrade. What's your, here. what's your last name? So let me check the, your invoice. Hello? Yeah, you're a customer here? Yeah, uh huh. And what's your last name? It's uh, Samson. Uh, but uh, Samson. Yeah, it's Patch Samson. But you know, it is it is aside uh, from the point that you know. But what's the turnaround here on this upgrade? What mean upgrade? Well, um, that's the. Well, it's basically you know uh, you know all you know there might just be a fundamental misunderstanding of any uh, pseudo specifics here. Uh, what mean by upgrade? You took a picture here and you want to upgrade? Yeah, yeah. Simple as buttered bread there. But, you know, having circumvented traditional means of mental gymnastics, uh, it is possible that we're both getting sideways in the uh, proverbial etheric jigsaw puzzle here. But if, if you could just give me the old uh, the squint on the upgrade there, we could uh, make sense of all this. Still, I don't understand you. I'm very sorry. Let me give you maybe another person they can understand. Okay, well, you know. I mean, you, you're a customer here, you're saying? Yeah, Patch. Patch, name is Patch. Samson there. Let me. Can you do Patch? Hey, uh, Cassandra, the last name? The last name is Patch? No, it's not. The first name the, there, Patch. The first name is Patch. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the uh, the Uncanny Valley there? First, I have to find your invoice, sir. Sure. The, la the first name is Patch. Can you do first name, Patch? Yep, my name is Patch. We're trying to find your info. Okay. I don't see it. It's Patch. Well, it's Patch Sampson. Uh, can you... Can you Patch Sampson. Yeah. Uh, are you when able you to... Here. Are you able to read off the... Uh, the name that you have typed in there to your processor? Can you spell it for me, the last name? Uh, it's a uh, patch. The first name it's P-A-T-C-H, uh, patch. P-A-T-C-H. It's a nickname, but, you know, uh, aside from I don't that... I see in my system, patch. You have a phone number? We can look for that? Yeah, uh-huh. What's your phone number? Okay, one second here. I gotta uh, take a take a gander in my Garmin. Uh, let's see. 
The old phone number. I'm sorry. This is this. I'm calling from my mom's number. She has the internet. When you were here to take pictures. Well, it's a couple. You know, either last week or or, or several days ago. Um, but you know, this whole this whole mess with with the the virus is kind of uh, woven things over in the. Uh, in the backwoods there. Sir, I'm trying to find your information first before I don't know what, who you are, what kind of pictures you have. Oh, it's I fine. I cannot find uh, your invoice. This is, uh, this is Patch from Seven Whistles here. You have an invoice with you that you came? Uh, well, it should, should be with you over there in your system, but, you know, we are just trying to get perpendicular. And uh, we're trying to exp uh, to express this in as many ways as possible. You know, I mean, we're talking about formulaic underpinnings. Uh, Sir, I'd like to know when you came here and I need your invoice number. Let's start with GLE. GLE? So I can know who you are. Yeah. Okay. You have your invoice? Yeah, um, I'm trying to read What's it here. What's your invoice number, sir? Okay, yeah, I have it right here. I'm I'm trying to read it, but um, some of us don't have glasses yet, so we're having to squint here. So, um, let's see. What's the here. invoice number, sir? G L E. Uh, it says, well, you know how uh, how big is the text on your uh, household ceramic What's apparel? What's the invoice number, sir? A G a G L E. What? Are you What's ready? The number after that. Okay, it's uh, G L E. And we're not, you know, and j just to reiterate What's here. What's your phone number, sir? I'm sorry. What's your phone number? Okay, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, so I'm gonna read it off to you here real quick. Okay, it is eight one eight. Uh -huh. And uh, and then it's uh, eight seven nine there, mm -hmm. and it's got the three six eight three. Uh, now, is it possible for you to read that back? Yep, you read it back, mm -hmm. please. Yeah, sorry, I don't see it, and I'm very busy. Please, when you find out the invoice number, give us a call back, because I cannot find any information of you. One last question okay. before you go, okay? Just one Sir, last question. you have to call me back when uh, you find out the invoice one, number. I'm sorry, just one last question here, okay? Sir? Yes, I'm here. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so, is everyone in their great aunt having trouble renting a golf cart over there? I have no idea. When you find the invoice number, please give me a call. Thank you. Have one, a nice day. One second. Have you heard the whole theme song to Urkel's house? Yeah. Okay, hold on. I'll start it over. It goes like this. Wait, listen.
a new NoFX song? Urkel's <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to <laughs> Aaron's fucking dying over wow. there. Wow. <laughs> it wasn't good, but it wasn't yeah. bad. <laughs> I could see that. We should make that. Do you want to shoot that this weekend, Urkel? 